When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Ho, ho, motherfucking ho. It's our Christmas special, yo. Yeah, and my name's Jason. And my name's Brendan, and this podcast is called For Screen. And Country. And what in the world is this podcast even, what is this even for? And this is our hip rockin' Christmas special, Brendan, so go ahead, kick the band in. I know they're there. You hired them earlier today. You brought them over to your house, so why don't you yep. kick the band up with some Christmas cheer? It's real cramped in here, actually. Yeah? What, what's the problem? Well, they all have symbols, so it's like, I, I don't know, I didn't I didn't put the word out for an all-symbol band. I no. put the word out for a band which could convey the symbol of Christmas cheer. Ah. And, and they took they that have... as everyone has to be able to play, has to bring your own symbol. They took it as a BYOC. Well, and that's, that's not what I said. That's a problem. Uh, I, I guess, I guess, well, can, I, I know it's cramped. Can they actually, can they, could they make a symbol crash for us? Uh, I, I, I would rather not hear another one because literally rehearsals were a nightmare. Because uh, well, Jason, have you ever sat in a room for an hour and a half and only heard symbols? Yeah. Wait, what? Man. Yeah. Look, it's not important. Well, what is important, though, is that oh. you and me are here where we're sharing Christmas cheer with each other. And we are. that's what's important. Isn't that what Christmas is all about? Sitting down with your friends and recording content to put out into the world? I think so. I think that's one of the tenets of Christmas. Absolutely. absolutely. Directed by Christopher you, Nolan. You always get together with the family and do the family podcast. And then <laughs> after Christmas, you put that I up mean, and everybody gets to download it. I mean, you know, I would love to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Every year you do a family podcast and everybody catches up on what's going on for the year. Yeah, I think I think on most uh, most times one family, but but you always have one family member who doesn't quite understand and just starts eating their turkey dinner, and you're like, no, yeah. no, no, Gus, no, no, you're supposed to save that till we're done. You're supposed to leave it in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all right, let's talk about politics, uh, Uncle Gus. Maybe maybe this is the end of the episode. <laughs> I'm just think that trickle-down economics is a reasonable economic policy. That's all I'm saying. Uh, thank God Uncle Gus is so stuck in the past that nobody understands if his outdated political views are Republican or Democratic. And, 
and I got a few things to say about interracial marriage. Okay, that's a wrap on the number uh, one. Whole thing. I love it. Oh well, spo- twist. Number two, I think it should be forcibly required. Okay, now I don't know about this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, is your partner of the same race? Uh, Yeah, you burned. You are You're burning me alive? (laughs) That's the rules. That's the rules. It's in the book. But Christmas time, Brendan, is a time not about burning each other alive. No, we save that for later in the winter. This is the time of year for love. And coziness and enjoyment and reflecting on the year that has gone by and gathering with our family members and consuming vast quantities of delicious food, as well as catching up on all the things that we have discussed and encountered over the course of our year. Did you say something I was supposed to respond to? Uh, well, if you'd have been here and listening to my long monologue, yes, you would have been able to respond to it. But no, you walked away. You walked away from your chair in the middle of my award-nominated, I have to assume, monologue. Because they, they nominate podcast monologues, right? Jason, what do we do on this show? They nominate podcast monologues, right? Is my sequel to They Shoot Horses, don't they? <laughs> it's more uplifting. That's right. No, we are here to talk about Christmas this year, Brendan. And every year we talk about something Christmassy. A few years back for our first, well, was it our first one? Did we do a Christmas? We didn't do a Christmas episode our first year because we started after Christmas, right? Right. No, we started before Christmas. No, we started before Christmas, but we didn't have a Christmas episode. No, we didn't. We didn't really do anything. We did. We just did a little, I think Santa came to visit. That's right. Southern Santa stopped by. Uh, No, a couple years ago we did did the Christmas Carol, the, the, the famous Alistair. Sim? Sim. I was going to say Crowley, but no, that would be, that'd be a real creepy uh, Christmas Carol. We did Alistair Sim, and then last year we did the musical uh, uh, starring, was it Albert Finney? Yes. Yes, and that was something. That was something. So this year we wanted to do something a little different, so I decided unilaterally that we, are going, that we were going to watch The Black Adder Christmas Carol, a TV special from 1988 starring your friend of mine, Rowan Atkinson, as well mm-hmm. as a plethora of other wonderful British comedic talents yes robbie coltrane miranda yes. richardson hugh laurie stephen fry even jimmy broadbent shows up jim Broadbent, yeah he, and yeah and also um i what i didn't expect is that this was uh co-written by richard curtis aka the guy who gave us uh four weddings and a funeral yeah probably and the probably the reason that rowan atkinson is in that movie there you go Yes, no, Richard Curtis famously helped create the, the Blackadder TV series. This takes place after the first three TV series, I believe. Okay. Uh, uh, Black Ad- the Blackadder, Blackadder 2, and uh, Blackadder the Third. Uh, is, there, see- is, is there a Blackadder Tokyo Drift? No, there is a Blackadder Goes Forth, though, which in my opinion is the best of the Blackadder TV series, where it's set during the First World War. And then, of course, there's Fast Blackadder. Yes. There's uh, Black Adder back and forth. Fate of the Black Adder. Uh, uh, Black Adder Two Electric Boogaloo. Yep. For the most obvious joke. <laughs> but Black Adder is a is a show that's been on a long time, and it it focuses on a character named Black Adder, who in the most of incarnations, except for the very first incarnation, is basically just a smarmy asshole who's in it for himself and hates everybody, and is always accompanied by his dog's body, uh, Baldrick. 
uh, in various forms. The, the first Black Adder was a little more of a, a kind of a doofus man-child character with a with a funny speech impediment, but hit. after that, he just became an asshole. His what? Sorry, his dog's body. Dog's body. Yes, his his like his like manservant. His uh, uh, okay. his baldric. And in all times, Black Adder has a baldric. So my first question about this whole special, because sure, <laughs> essentially the plot of this, it's like Scrooge, but it's a Christmas Carol, but it's like a guy who goes from being really sweet to a, an asshole megalomaniac. Yes. Yeah. My first question about this whole thing is, th- when we see the visions in this story, when yes. when because we only have one spirit. Who comes yes. in? We have one Robbie off-screen Coulter. spirit. Yes. We have one off-screen spirit. One of my favorite jokes is when uh, Baldrick quickly says, "Oh, by the way, while you out, there's a ghost here saying something, something. Oh, he's going to yeah, show yeah. you an, an image and whatever." <laughs> I just told him to bugger off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which is great. A uh, very British. But um, Robbie Coltrane is like basically the the only spirit we really see, and he shows him visions of like his ancestors. Uh-huh. So my question is: Are these the other Blackadder shows? Uh, the first one is yes. The first one we see is Black Adder two, and the second one we see is Black Adder three, and then when we see it in the future, that is not a show. Well, no, I, I figured that wasn't. I do believe these these segments are newly filmed for this special. I don't believe they're actually just clips from those shows. They're just yeah, they just did new versions or but new but scenes in those. But shows. they are supposed to be the characters from yeah, those yeah, versions it, of the it, show. It, Black Adder has existed throughout history in various forms, and the different shows are Black Adders in different eras, right? So I think the first show is like in the medieval era. The second show is in the Renaissance. The third show is set in the kind of uh, uh, I guess the Age of Sail, Victor- maybe like pre-Victorian era, and then of course this one is set in the Victorian era, and then the fourth show is set in the First World War. And is this one that Scrooge? That this Scrooge tale is part of is this an era that we uh... just in this special, the, just the, the, this, special. this Victorian okay. era, yeah, is only in this special. So most of the time he's a, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, he's 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 pretty much always a piece of shit, and of course over the course of this, the aberrant one, the nice one, then be- eventually becomes a piece of shit. Eventually becomes a piece of shit, which proves to be his undoing. Actually, yes, to it's, some it's a nice a nice little. A nice little message at the end of it is that he thinks that because his ancestors have done these horrible things and have succeeded quite well, um, he finds out that when he does it, it actually costs him a potentially a great deal of money. Well, he doesn't really know ultimately. It's Baltimore He realizes that at the very end. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's that great freeze frame. Mm. Oh, right, of course. Jason, I was not expecting a laugh track in this thing. Yeah, I know. It's strange, but that's just, it, it's a sitcom. And for some reason back in the 80s, they would do that. I, I, it's shot in a, it's shot like a three camera sitcom, so they could theoretically have a studio audience. Although, I don't know that they actually did. The the laughter sounded very fake. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's one of the things that annoys me about some British sitcoms is that there are laugh tracks. Like I love the show Red Dwarf, for instance, but a good deal of Red Dwarf does have this laugh track on it, and there is a couple seasons where they don't have a laugh track, and it's so much better. But they eventually go back to it. <laughs> Well, here's the thing about here's my relationship with the laugh track. I know everybody's waiting to hear this. Um, I mean, I, I've been waiting all year, Brendan. <laughs> well, this is how I feel. I I feel like I don't know. I I feel like it's used so aggressively now. Mm. I feel like more aggressively than it was. Although in this special, I, it felt like a modern laugh track, and that it was like every line that was supposed to be remotely funny. Yeah, you heard the laughter come in, but. Um, I even like, I think back to like when I used to watch Friends mm. and they had a laugh track and that never bothered me as much for some reason, yeah, maybe because it, it, it just didn't feel like the exact same laugh every time. Yeah, um, it, yeah, definitely. When you're using a canned laugh track, you're definitely going to get that kind of bullshit. Um, one of the maybe, things, 
Sorry, I, I was just going to say that I normally associate, though, like, especially with, like, shit like the Big Bang Theory and stuff, I usually associate laugh tracks with, with like, bad or almost non-jokes. Yeah. So to hear good jokes and then a laugh track was, like, it, it startled my brain. Yeah, I know, and I know exactly what you mean, and that's why, like, I love when they released MASH on DVD years and years ago that they released it with a track that took out the fake laugh track that the original broadcast had had because another, I think in Europe they broadcast it without the laugh track and it, except for some weird like timing things with the editing, it works a lot better <laughs> for sure. And, but that's the thing is that, yeah, is that these days I associate a laugh track with trying to drive home, as you say, poor or non-existent jokes. Whereas, yeah. yeah, when you actually have good jokes, as I certainly believe that the Blackadder shows do, they don't really need the laugh track. They could get away without it. And that's why I love shows like Arrested Development or any other of the single camera uh, sitcoms. Of, um, so imagine if always, if it's always Sunny had a laugh track. Like, it wouldn't or, be the same at all. Or The Office. <laughs> or The Office. Like, yeah, exactly. A it show just wouldn't play strives. the same way. Like a show that strives on awkward, uncomfortable yes. silences. Yeah, and I mean, really, that's what the what the isn't that what the laugh track does to some extent is moderate that awkwardness, which is <laughs> and like, allow you to laugh. I don't want that. I want the full tilt, and that's what Always Sunny is too. You get a lot of moments in in Always Sunny where you, it's supposed to make you very uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And and if the laugh track is in, like that's not getting that done at all. No, no. And maybe it's a thing, Jason, where if I go back, if I went back and watched things that I used to like, like if I go back and I watched Friends, if I went back and I watched like that '70s show. If I went back and I watched, like, I don't know, just things like that, I wonder if it's just a thing where I'd be like, oh, maybe it wasn't as funny as I remember. I, I can say from my perspective, something like that 70s show has strong enough writing that it overcomes the the need for the laugh track, and the laugh track doesn't really affect it because it's good writing. It's funny. Same with Seinfeld. Like, Seinfeld is a laugh track, but it's still one of the funniest shows ever made, and it's still funny. I, I, will, I will agree with your... your assessment of that 70s show up until the final season well that doesn't count i mean it's nothing's ever going to beat that 80s show we can agree on that right here and now the show that made glenn howerton a star yes of course <laughs> um but yes this black adder christmas special thing it was 43 minutes long yes easy easy so got a good chunk of my day <laughs> Um, I like how, uh, so again, I, essentially we said that the, this is a reverse Scrooge and that he starts off uh, good and ends up being pretty greedy and bad. Yeah. Um, and I like how they, they sow the seeds so that you don't feel, you don't, because you got to like, you can't entirely hate him later. And yeah. you got to sow the seeds of some of the characters that are clearly taking advantage of him. Like, oh, yeah, I like no. how in this version, <laughs> um, you have like, and, and the names, the, the names that they barely change is, is one yeah. of my favorite, like, British j comedy things. Like, oh, Tiny Tom. Yeah, Tiny Tom. Or, like, <laughs> Mrs. Scratchit, you know, yeah. like, and she comes along and she's like, oh, Tiny Tom, like, he needs, he, he's on a crutch or whatever. And then we find out later, obviously, like, it's not. He just says, oh, my leg hurts every once in a while. But she's like take clearly taking advantage of him for money. This guy coming out with these like three great big guys who he says are little orphans that need money. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just fun. The town is taking advantage of him, so that like I said, when he gets like worse later, you're kind of happy too in a way. <laughs> My favorite moment among those was when the when he'd given away his last seventeen pounds to Mrs. Scratchit, and then that boy comes up and he gives him a he's like you know. I, Penny for something or rather like for some charity or something. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then he just starts bah! and he just tosses him the penny. Yeah. And he says, well, you're going to do something good with that. And he's like, I'm going to go to the gin, the gin shop. 
for a penny. Fuck, yeah, put me penny. back in those days. That's right. Well, that was back when, when gin was good and kids could buy it. Mm. Absolutely. Well, kids knew gin. <laughs> they, if, you, if you needed to know about gin in Victorian times, you just talk to the local ragamuffin and they'll tell you where the good stuff was. I think that was the most common uh, occupation for children, actually, was uh, official gin taster. Gin taster, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they sure worked at the... They worked at the local gin shops, and on your way out, would be like, hey, before I buy this, you mind having a pop of this uh, here gin? It's much easier for children to go blind, so if they if they drank it and went blind, then you knew it was bad. Yeah, well, because children don't even know what they're missing, so who cares for if you got a few blind kids running That's around? That's right. That's right. That's just one more beggar for the streets. What's one more? <laughs> <laughs> we should be presidents. Yes. Oh, of course, let's not forget Blackadder's uh, niece, uh, or not niece, goddaughter Millicent, who comes over and screeches and is very loud and annoying. And he yes. gra- graciously uh, uh, gives a present, and then she takes his other presents, the one for him and the one for Baldrick. Because he even got Baldrick a present. That's how nice this Blackadder is. He got Baldrick a present. No other Blackadder in history would ever do something so nice for Baldrick. Well, no, I do, th- yeah, because when we go to the, when, when Robbie Coltrane shows up as the ghost of Christmas... Well, he looks like the ghost of Christmas future, honestly, but he's just a Christmas spirit is how he's yeah. credited. Uh, but he's clearly designed to look like that character. Yeah, from the from the, the Albert Finney version. Yeah, well, because he's like big and jolly and everything, right? And that's pretty much every, almost every iteration of this story. That's the, the second ghost is like that big jolly ghost. Yeah. And it's funny, actually, because when he showed up, I was like, I actually, I actually was going to write down. Oh, he looks like uh, he looks like a lot like Robbie Coltrane. And then I looked and I said, "Wait a oh, second, wait. <laughs> no wonder. that is Hagrid." <laughs> yeah, exactly. They get this uh, big old Scotsman to come in and do his wonderful. I see. I love Robbie Coltrane's actual Scottish accent. It's it's beautiful. And the added thing to this one, because there's a, a little plot. Uh, well, I mean, there's a there's quite a few different things, but the the big difference is that you have this uh, weird storyline where the queen and the prince are like going undercover as yeah. civ- as civilians or as peasants i guess yes. jim broadband by the way playing prince albert the the prince consort of uh, queen victoria yeah beloved. and i think um Mir- miranda richardson is playing no 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 she's playing queen elizabeth later yeah yeah, yeah. So and they're and they're going around. They're they're undercover as like civilians, which again, great British humor in that it's the sloppiest cover jo- yeah. cover up job ever. Cause a- Albert put on a cape, like like he, he put a cloak on. You can still see his medals. <laughs> you can still see his medals and his uniform clearly underneath. Um, and then their whole thing is to try to find someone who's genuinely nice to them, not knowing who they are. Hmm. And that of course leads to that ending where they're about to award uh, Blackadder. Uh, with with uh, you know with a bunch of money and shit, mm. and then it ter- and then but that, by that point he's already decided well he's going to be an asshole so he's like oh yes of course you're the queen yes right sure and he refers the to the actual minute, queen he refers to the actual queen Victoria as I believe Queen Oink <laughs> yes and at the last moment when he realizes it's actually them it's that freeze frame thing it's like whoop and yeah. the credits. Yeah, Blackadder always messes his life up uh, in so many different ways, no matter what he does, whether he tries to be nice in this case or if he's just an asshole. It's usually because he's an asshole that things I feel get like, to... I feel like I need to go back and watch some of this. I mean, it's a British comedy series, so I'm assuming each season is like, what, uh, four 20-minute episodes? About six episodes, yeah, I would say, about six episodes. <laughs> They're probably like each like 20 minutes. As I say, if you watch nothing else, check out Blackadder Goes Forth. Not only is it hilarious, it is one of the great endings of any sitcom. Uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, I like the um, I, and I like the 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 fantasy sequences. So like, 
the one where they where they cut to uh, the, this one is Miranda Richardson. She's playing. Uh, is she playing Queen Elizabeth with the one with the death warrant? Yes. Yes. She played yes. Queen Elizabeth, and then she later was the the future Empress or whatever with her future tri-husband. Empress Elizabeth. Blah blah blah. Yeah. But uh, but the Queen Elizabeth one where she's like you know she's very flighty and she says like I don't want any presents and then yeah. uh, Hugh Laurie. I think it's Hugh Laurie. He gives her a present. No, and it's, then a, it's a Stephen Fry playing Stephen... Uh, Lord Melchett. Oh, I thought that was Hugh Laurie. No, Hugh Laurie later on shows up as uh, Prince George. Okay. In 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 which one? In the uh, in Blackadder the third, uh, uh, Stephen Fry is Lord Melchett in Blackadder the second, which is the first flashback. Oh, what's the third one? The third one is the one in the future, which isn't a show. It's just they're in the future. No, but there's two other ones other than the future one, though. Yeah, there's there's the, the very first one is the Blackadder the second with Queen Elizabeth the first, and then the second one is Blackadder the third with Prince George and uh, Blackadder. Okay, but I mean like plot wise. So there's there, he shows him three different visions. Yeah, yeah. He shows well, what him were the, the what were the two other visions other than the future one? Uh, well, the first one, yeah, he was with uh, where he actually where well where he finagles the queen into killing Lord Melchett. Yes. Uh, by getting him to sign the piece of paper. And he's like, oh, look at this piece of paper. There's writing on it. <laughs> because he got a novelty death warrant, yes. Because he got a novelty death warrant. <laughs> and then the second one, he uh, uh, Prince George demands that Blackadder tell him a story. And he's, he's like, and it, not one about Jesus, though. He ruins the whole Atmo of Xmas. That's Hugh Laurie. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad. I hope everybody enjoyed my complete confusion as to who people are. Yeah. Also, Hugh Laurie doing uh, uh, in... in uh, in contrast to his role on House, Hugh Laurie in the third part of this doing a fucking terrible American accent, I assume intentionally. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I believe Hugh Laurie and Benedict Cumberbatch went to the same uh, school of American accents. Yes, but Hugh Laurie got past it, and uh, as Brian Singer, I think, said when he saw him on video, I don't want to fuck him because he's too old. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, what he actually said was, that's what I want, an American. Oh, okay. Wait, what? I think that, I think it was Brian Singer. I think he created House or had something to do with the creation of House. Oh, maybe. Uh, did he actually say, I don't want to fuck him, he's too old? No, no. He said, no. He said, uh, <laughs> when he saw Hugh Laurie's tape, he said, that's what I'm talking about. We need an American. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, uh, the quote you said, it's pretty bad that I thought. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds like something Brian Singer would say. <laughs> based on what we know. Maybe. Man, based on what we know. <laughs> Yikes. Still love those. I still love X Men too, man. It's one of the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean, monsters make art. Good That's art right. sometimes. They do sometimes. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Jesus. He always spoils the Xmas Atmo. <laughs> oh yeah, fun. he uses a lot of abreaves. Yeah, he's he's very ahead of his time there. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was confused until you told me that these were other versions of the series. By the way, I was confused at first well, how Baldrick could be alive in the other ones. Yeah, and then you and then you mentioned that I was like, oh, okay, they're not the same Baldrick. It's no, just like a different. They're like from a line of characters. I don't know how Baldrick right. ever or even Blackadder have children, but somehow they managed to stay in the in existence. Well, I'm sure they you know they go to a couple whorehouses and shit happens. That's right. That's right. So before, I, I guess uh, the last thing I'll talk about is just a few few moments and quotes that I enjoy out of this one. Because Blackadder is so many great lines. Um, uh, they're, they're, early on, they're talking about the, the Christmas play. And then at the last moment, the baby playing Jesus died. Because infomortality infom- is so high. And uh, uh, they said, well, did you get another Jesus? And they said, oh, yes. Uh, what's his name? Spot. So it turns out he's a dog. <laughs> and then they... Yeah. Uh, 
And then, of course, they have other dogs there that they have uh, pasted a bunch of uh, cotton onto. And once uh, Jesus got uh, got whiff of the other dogs, he took off trying to, what did he say, uh, uh, give one a piggyback ride. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, no, were the children upset? No, they loved it. <laughs> I appreciate that uh, uh, J- uh, J- Jimmy Broadbent and uh, Queen Victoria uh, represent how horny the two of them are. Because they, they do love each other. Jim Broadbent was some solid comedic timing too. Oh, for sure, for sure. I like. Yeah. I know. I know he's a funny guy and everything, and he could be funny in movies. But this is he's doing like a purely comedic oh, role. Yeah. Oh, I love like, it when he's when he's doing the yes. Well, you, you, I can tell by your accent you're not from around here. And he goes, "Yes, I am from Glasgow." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd mention it. <laughs> um. Yeah, and he calls her Empress Oik. Oh, at one point he's talking about being good, and, and Robbie Coltrane says to Black Guy, he's like, picture it. You know, being good in, in life. You, you Quiet evenings alone in your hovel. A Bible. Your own turnip. <laughs> trying to, yes, trying yeah. to persuade him to be good by telling yeah. him all these things that are maybe not that exciting. But it turns out if he's, uh, if he's not uh, bad, then in the future he's going to be Baldrick's slave, and nobody wants that. No. No, so he becomes bad. Oh, the other... Uh, the other line that was it about a fist. He's like, oh, "I got you, uh, I got you a present, Baldrick." And he reaches into the, the stocking and he's like, "Oh, look, I made it myself." And he pulls it out. He goes, well, "What is that?" He goes, "It's a fist." And he punches him in the face. <laughs> uh, Baldrick's just so easy to hit because he's a dog's body. Every time you say that, I get a different image of him. <laughs> Tony Robinson, by the way, just a shout out to him who plays Baldrick. He does a show called Worst Jobs in History that's out there on YouTube. It's super fascinating. If you Is want he to still learn about alive? The, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, oh, wow. I mean, I imagine he's in his 60s or 70s. He's not that old. Right. I, mean, I suppose Atkinson Rowan is Atkinson alive. is still alive, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And Hugh Laurie is still alive. And Stephen Fry is still alive. Most of them are still Richard Curtis is still alive. But not Robbie Coltrane. But not Robbie Coltrane, no. he's uh, He just, just under the wire made it out. Made it out. Made it out. Yeah, I know. It's a, every it, it's it's a race to escape, and uh, oh, okay. he crossed the finish line, my friend. Right. He took a hippogriff or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he took Buckbeak with him to the afterlife. Yeah, he, ins- he insisted that the that Buckbeak be executed on his own death, and they're <laughs> like, "Well, Robbie, first of all, that's a puppet, and second of all, it's not even really a puppet. It's a it's a CG. Really, the only thing we have is like a wire frame we use just to stand in. Which you want us to pop a tennis ball? Is that what you want us to do? And and Robbie said, "Just do it," and he died. Yeah, he said, "I believe you heard my request. Now fulfill it." And then he said, "Rosebud," and then he croaked. Yeah, and it turns out that Rosebud was his girlfriend's vagina. Wait, yeah, nope, that's the actual movie Citizen Kane. Never mind. Oh, you didn't know that whole thing? <laughs> I've heard that interpretation. Like, well, apparently, like, that's what William Randolph Hearst liked to uh, refer to uh, his, his girlfriend's vagina oh. as. And so oh. when he says that, and it's a sled, the yeah. implied thing by Orson Welles is that, you know, he liked to ride it. <laughs> wow, no wonder he was so mad about that movie. <laughs> uh, there was, yeah, there was quite a few things that pissed him off, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't. I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for a rich asshole uh, with a a, uh, uh, a large state. You're right. Fuck Orson Welles. Yeah, that's right. William Randolph Hearst was a saint. I mean, he started the Spanish American War. You got to give him that. Yeah, his daughter was uh, a revolutionary. <laughs> she was. 
All right. Well, I yeah, I think that we just wanted to kind of talk about that briefly, and you know, just, we're not gonna we're not gonna drone on here. Um, I think we both enjoyed this. Doesn't make yeah. it on the list. No, it's not no. a movie. No. And <laughs> what's actually kind of strange to me about our list is that I mean, it's not strange given his his body of work, but unfortunately, Rowan Atkinson has not really starred in a definitive like movie on the list. He he did have a small turn in uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral. I don't know if he showed up elsewhere. On I would the list. argue a m- memorable turn in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Certainly though. memorable, yes. But like, I mean. But has he ever? There's no it, Mr. Okay. Bean movie on this list. There's no Johnny English movie on this list. But is Mr. But I feel like I know Mr. Bean started out as a British thing, uh, but the movies I feel are very American. Probably, I mean they're probably American financed. But I, I bet you, I bet you the later latter day Johnny English movies have been British financed because who else would make them? That wait, but you're also suggesting we put that on a great movies list. No, I mean I'm I'm not suggesting that we put it on the list, yeah. but I mean you know you got to think about it. I mean I don't I just think the nature of his career is that he he's never really been the lead in a lot in in much to be honest. Yes, and he would de- absolutely make a list of top British TV of all time. And in fact, I'm sure at one point Blackadder Goes Forth was voted like the greatest British sitcom of all time. Well, there you go. Or at least in the running, in the top five, I would say easily. Yeah, right underneath skins. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to beat a bunch of horny teenagers, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It, yeah. it's, well, it's it. No, it gen- genuinely is hard to beat up a bunch of horny teenagers. Yeah, I mean, they they get that look in their eyes, and they're just ravaged. They got they got so much energy, and you don't know what they're gonna do to you. So you're always on your toes. Right. Right, right, right. But no, this is it, Jason. We are taking a uh, we are taking a bit of a break. Um, there'll be yeah. some bullshit in the next couple weeks until we come back. But we are returning on January 9th with a little game show. Yes. Um, I'm and then for we'll that. be yeah, and then we'll be right back to uh, back to basics after that. But uh, yeah, so enjoy your holidays, folks. Um, uh, find us on uh, if you want if you want to listen to some episodes over the holidays. You want to get away from your uh, politically incorrect uncle. Uh, you can find us on all the podcast apps. Our home base is Age of Radio. You can go to ageofradio.org slash for screen. And country. Ho, ho, ho. You can find us on... Uh, you threw me off with that. Uh, <laughs> you, can find, you can find us on uh, Facebook. Uh, just search for us there. You can find us on Twitter at FSACpod, as in for screen. And country. I'm an elf. And Jason, what about you? Yeah, you can find me over on Twitter and Hive at Jason D. McLeod. That's M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Come by and drop down your holiday greets like you're a cracking group of old. And leave an info on my Twitter. And make sure to clean your holiday sheets. That's right. You don't want dirty holiday sheets. Santa doesn't approve and you won't get a present this year. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. So check that out. We will be Like I said, we'll be back in a few weeks. But until then, enjoy some quick little... Messages from a couple of uh, familiar voices, maybe. Um, but uh, I guess until uh, we see you again, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and uh, uh, happy I, Hanukkah. I uh, have a very respectful Kwanzaa and, uh, and a respectful Ramadan. And I guess I'll just say, uh, God save the God save the King. Uh, sometimes when one is. Considering the nature of man, one thinks about bells going ring, ring. And for Screen and Country, I'm Brendan. And I'm Jason. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays.